Welcome back, listeners, to the 90 or Nothing podcast station. We really appreciate you listening in today. Today's episode is number three, and we've got an awesome interview from cutting professional Phil Dawson. Phil's from Glen Innes up in top of New South Wales there and competes and trains cutting horses for a living and certainly does a great job of it. Phil gives us a bit about his backstory and, you know, goes into a bit of training and breeding cutting horses. Today's episode is all proudly brought to you by Camp Draft Training Online, but a little bit more about them later on. Well, Phil, welcome to the 90 or Nothing podcast show. We're very excited to have you here. How you been going with it all, mate? I'm well. Glad to have you here. Uh, thanks for... Uh... Yeah, looking forward to being part of this. I really enjoy podcasts and yeah, I enjoy as, as a learning tool and as well as like hearing people's stories as well. So um, yeah, I think it's a great thing that you're doing. Glad to be part of it. Yeah, no, we appreciate you for stopping here on your busy time. Um, so you went pretty decent down in Victoria and had a good time down there. Yeah, I had a, yeah, I had a, I had a really good time. It was a good show. I, I didn't, um, I didn't reach max, but yeah, I didn't do as well as I'd like. But that's certainly uh, it's part of what we do. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, it's certainly a tough sport, that's for sure. Well, where did you get all started with um, the cutting industry? And, and um, I probably got introduced to the sport through my dad. Really, um, yeah. My dad used to go down to the futurity every year when it was at Moonby, and my dad's always been a you know horse uh, horse tragic. So probably got a, a bit of a, a thirst for it through that. I, ultimately, I wasn't that keen. I just used to. I never competed as a kid on horses. I just rode horse mustering and. Yeah, uh, so I grew up northwest of Armadale on a place there. So it was just, it was just a tool to, yeah. I was never that interested in competing. So my dad never competed, and probably my, I guess the the spark got probably lit for it at when I went to Longreach Pastoral College. Went up there for two years. Yeah, with, with John R. He was, yeah, I learned so much. It was yeah. There's still even still stuff I do with young horses now. Is it probably is a bit of grounding from that. And then I did. I did a week's work experience with Todd Graham while I was at college, and right. um, yeah, and that probably yeah probably uh, got me yeah got me a bit keen on doing it. But I just I, I never really thought I'd be good enough to pursue it. Firstly, and, and I just never thought yeah that's probably it. I just never thought I'd be good enough. So I never I never really saw it as a as an opportunity, I guess, to to make a career out of it. But now you're here with a pretty decent business. Yeah, I bet you made that. I bet you're glad that you made that choice. <laughs> yeah, well, I did, and all, like all the decisions that probably led me into led me into doing it happened um, probably a bit by accident. I was I wasn't big on planning. I've certainly evolved a lot as a person since then, but I probably wasn't big on on planning and having and goal setting or any of that sort of stuff when I was young. For it just sort of happened organically. I I just liked riding horses and I had a passion for it. And yeah, and as time probably progressed, I, I yeah I, I probably figured out a bit. I was I had some ability, and it, but it probably took me a, a good while to really believe. I just, I just probably, I led with my heart, not my brain, when I was at that stage of my life, and and um, I just loved it. And yeah, yeah. that's really nice. Then. Mm. So you started out at uh, Longreach Ag College there. Was yep. That, was that um, just doing a sort of horse course there, or no? No, I did. Um, I did. Uh, I can't remember what it's called something of ag, ag. I can't remember what it's called. That's right. Yeah, it was, I was there for two years. Just ag, ag, uh, I think it was a. Social Diploma in Pastoral Production or whatever it was called. Yep. So I did that. I was there for two years. Part of that was the horse course. Right. Did right. horse breaking and um, 
yeah, I, I, I just, yeah, I loved it. And I, I like, you know, I probably, and I, I ultimately, I, I think I probably gravitated towards it because I had a knack for it. And, um, yeah. So, so it sort of seemed like wherever you went, that horse bug always seemed to flare up in you. And yeah, it did sort of lead, lead back to that more. So, yeah, no, it did. It did for sure. And then when I, my first job out of college, I worked for, um, yeah, worked on a, oh, for a, Brahma's done they had places between Wandown and Roma and a place down at Tagula so I kind of I was a bit of to to go wherever right. and wherever the work was on they also made hay and silage and I did a bit of everything and Mick and Inga Conley were on one of those places so oh, yeah. yep. um, I ended up taking on more holidays I did Rocky Sale yep. with Mick and Inga and they were so good to me and right. and um, yeah so that's and I, I initially started to with raining with them because oh, I had you? a little gelding, little stop horse, quarters cross gelding, and I just picked up when I broke him the broke him in the week after I finished college, and so I had some and I'd be him and another horse, so I had a couple of mustering horses for my first job, and yeah, so I ended up going. Mick and Inga just hauled me around to some rainings, and and I had had to go at that for a couple of years, and um, and I went to I ended up at Chinchilla at Bottle Tree Feedlot for. Well, 18 months, two years too, I think, just pen riding and, and, and Roger Elliott, the manager there, he was into cutting. He's he's a guy that's won the Futurity back in the early 90s. And yep. So again, I ended up probably just, yeah, ended up probably gravitating towards, yeah, the horse thing again. Yeah. Um, the raining was great. I, lo- I, I, I learnt so much. Yeah, okay. And Mick and Inga Conley were so good to me. They were unreal. Again, the horse breaking side of things, like, they were great. They were really good. Um, I guess they would have, been fairly, um, you know, inspirational and I mean, innovative in the way you break a horse now and and you know for the cutting scene. I guess you would you know go back to those values that they've given you with horse. Would you they say? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think um, it's it's really good to do. I, I think I, I found it really good doing lots of breakers when I was a young fella and everything from uh, riflemen's. That, you know, that wanted to shake your hand and to <laughs> Arabs, you know, like yeah, thoroughbreds. I, I did lots. So it was it was really good. I learnt lots. Yeah. Um, it was really valuable to my yeah probably to my journey doing the horsemanship side of it. So it was really good. Um, yeah, and then the the reining obviously going into that was good. It was getting a bit more specific and mm. um, it also made it a little bit harder in my early part of my cutting career. Yeah. Um, just wanting to be a bit of a control freak. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Did you compete much in the raining? I did. I did. Yeah. Did that I give you a good sort of insight into you know competition life. Or? It did. I, I I just didn't take it very serious. Again, I probably didn't think I was good enough, and I I finaled and I think I would have. I think I um I had a pretty good shot of. I would have won my first raining maturity, the first one I went to. I never even seen. I just seen it on a video. Yeah. I was, you know, Mick and Inga gave me some videos, and I'd obviously worked with Mick heaps, and um, but I, I drank too much tequila on the night before. I did five <laughs> spins instead of four, and it's an automatic zero. Oh god! Yeah, yeah. old chestnut. So yeah, no, it was um, no, it was good. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. It was good. It was, but yeah, it wasn't for me. I, I, yep. I yeah, I, I always liked the cattle, yeah, yeah, horse yeah. thing. It was just, it just wasn't my. Didn't blow my hair back. It was right. good. Learnt lots, but yeah. Yep, so you went from the feedlot, and then well, then what happened after that? You went to a few Todd, Todd you said. Yeah, I used to go down, when I was at the feedlot, I went down to Futurity and helped Todd, because I did my week's work experience with Todd when I was at college, so I sort of had that contact, and I used to, um, yeah, I went down there for the party as much as, as, as anything, it was a bit more, um, yeah, cutting was not as serious back then as it is now, and 
Um, yeah, so I kind of did that, and then, yeah, when I was at the feedlot, I, uh, it was a bit funny story, actually, I got, um, yeah, I had a, yeah, I broke up with a girl, she broke my heart, and when I was at the, and I, I just, I, I kind of, on a whim, I quit at the feedlot and went and worked for Todd, because Todd was looking for someone, and then oh, a week or so afterwards, you know, I was, because um, I, you know, I gave Roger a month's notice, or whatever it was, actually, probably a bit longer, because I went to work for Todd after, well, after Futuri, so it was, would have been longer, and then I was like, oh my God, what have I done? I'm going to waste my life on horses. And um, Anyway, but no, it was good. It, it, was, it was funny how, uh, yeah, I look back on it and I still probably, it's how I ultimately ended up involved in this. It was it was generally all by accident. Yeah, so it, was, it might it wasn't be one, a, one of the better decisions you made. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't a planned thing. No, it's good. Yeah, and, I, and I've been really, like, the sport's been incredibly good to me. The horse, horse thing's been really, really good to me. Like I've gotten, I've achieved so much more than I ever would have imagined you know I've won nearly a million bucks doing this you know over 900,000 now and met my wife through the horse thing yeah um yeah so many friends yeah you know I've learned lots about myself yeah that's you know, good and bad you know I've, I think that's a good thing about sport you know sport probably generally and you know, I'm probably what I see in the cutting is it brings out the best and the worst in you and it ultimately gives you the opportunity to to work on what you're not good at and um, mm. Yeah. Yep. So early on, then you went across over to the states for a little bit and did. A I did. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I worked for Todd for two years and then went. Um, yeah. Went to a lady over there called yeah, named Kathy Dawn. Yeah. And while I was there, she won the Futurity on a horse called Royal Fletch, and oh yeah, yeah she was very good to me, Kathy. She expected a lot, and um, I worked really hard, and uh, but yeah, also she was incredibly generous with her with her time and her knowledge and. Yeah, so going over there, going over there, like I know um, a lot of people like myself that haven't experienced it. When you went over there, you know, a lot of people think it's it's so much bigger and better. I mean, like, what was the competition like over there, and and the processes and the training and and everything involved? Like, it is. I mean, it's bigger. I mean, cutting is always it's always going to be a hard sell to the masses in Australia to the horse side because it's not our culture. You know, it's not our heritage. It's not the Western things. Not our you know, not not our heritage. I mean, that's why camp drafting, I think, is 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 a, it's our heritage. Yeah. You know, so um, one one thing going to America. I mean, I I love the experience, but mm-hmm. what it also showing is like we we live in the best. I love Australia. Yeah. I'm really, um, yeah. I think it's yeah. It, we live in the best best country in the world. I'm, I visit everyone. Mm. Probably, yeah, but the ones I've gone to, I think we we live in the best place in the world in that regard, and. So it was, it is massive. It's it's just the the sheer scale of the industry over there is incredible. Like it just dwarfs, and and, and certainly the money side of things is mm. incredible too. So like how many horses say would she have in training while you're over there? Um, well, she, she didn't ride as many as as, as what I'm. Right, Kathy didn't ride. It's 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 geared a bit. It's structured a bit different, I suppose. She used right. to when I first went to work for. She used to have all her two year olds. Like all farmed out, so other people would do them. Like when I was working for her, she she made it a lot of more in house. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, just the well, she was only like twenty odd something like that to thirty, I think, when we were right when I was working there. So yeah, so she's still pretty young. Yeah. Going through it all. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I just and is it better? The the stand the quality's better of yep. horses and the standard that the frozen semen things helped our industry here. Like the quality of horses we're getting to ride. Mm. Is is a lot better, and I always um, 
I always always see a bit of a giggle when I hear the um, when people say, "Oh, the you know the good old horses and that sort of thing." I was like, I, I think people's um, perception of what the good old horses were and what they are now is a bit warped because the, the stand all in my experience, the standard of horses we're getting to ride now compared to what we were, and the, the quantity of them too, there's just more better ones. Like There's just more better horses, and I think we're getting, and so it should be, we should be having, we're bringing better horses. You know, we've got two and three and four generations of horses that are on that bottom side that are either produced or performing. Mm. Areas where, where it's, yeah, it's just better. Like The horses are better. Yeah. Training techniques are better. Yeah. Yeah, all that sort of thing. So you'd say Australia's certainly on its climb upwards, like we're sort of heading in that direction with the introduction of, you know, frozen semen and, and being able to get access to those training techniques, like you're saying. Yeah. We're, you know, we're, we're getting up there with them. Yep. Yeah. And yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. We'll, we'll never be to that standard. Yeah. Like we just, I, I, we just don't have the scale. Yeah. You know, so, um, but yeah, obviously it's been quite evident. There's been a lot of really, you know, incredibly good Australian horse trainers that have gone over there. They had a successful business here and gone over and done really, really well. Like mm. it's um no, I think it's it's in, it's really cool. And I think a lot of that probably that grounding of you know, it's really cool to chat to some of those guys over there, what they've what they've done. They've all they all did what I did, broke thoroughbreds in and you know, Arabs and, and they've gone over there and you you're riding these these horses and they're like in these amazing facilities where everything is just perfect. So mm. it's yeah, set up for success. Yeah, it is. Yeah, no, that's what that sounds really good. So when you came back from America, then did you go straight into um, a fully fledged cutting trainer, or what um, was the process there? Yeah, I came. I have an opportunity came up in Victoria with Aaron Wheatley. Yeah. Um, which I yeah, was really, yeah, I was really lucky. Like Aaron is, is a guy that was a massive influence on me as a, as a trainer, and he's probably the one of the first. And even still, at that stage of my career, I was probably still didn't really think I was good enough or, or what I was hoping to achieve was achievable. And probably Aaron was a guy that really made me, you know, just in his situation and what he'd done, he had a similar journey to me in regard. He's, he kind of had to, didn't have a great deal of help from, from anywhere else and he kind of had to do it himself. And he, yeah, he kind of gave me that sense of belief, I suppose. Yeah. Not, I don't think he did it on purpose. I probably just threw me observing him. And he's a guy really... Still to this way, I really admire his, yeah, everything. You know, like his, his professionalism, his great trainer, his work ethic. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so he was a massive influence on me yeah. in that regard, at that stage of my life, and and incredibly grateful for his, yeah, he gave me a bloody uh, very good very good start down there and sort of got sent some horses my way because he was riding a lot. Right, right. And, um, yeah, and I was down there for oh, four years and then... Yeah, moved back up to northeast New South Wales and sort of been out this part of the world since. So mm. yeah, so you got a good setup in Glen Innes as home. Yes, yep. yeah, Glen Innes. Yep. Yep. So I mean, pretty dry there at the moment. But, yeah, uh, yeah. It's um, I think everywhere's pretty <laughs> dry yeah. except for Victoria where we just were. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The cattle certainly looked flat, pretty fat down there. Yeah, that no, was it was uh, it was pretty amazing. It was it was just nice. I'd have just driven down there and not taken horses just to look at some green grass to be honest. So yeah, refreshing. <laughs> it was good. Yeah. yeah, I bet it was. Mm. Um, so now at home you head back and you've got um, what pre-work pre-work horses for futurity next year or um, what yeah. are you up to now? Yeah, just hook in and the, we've already culled a lot of the, oh. the horses for next year. Yep. Um, so I think I'm, I'm not sure what we'd have left seven or eight maybe. Right. 
Um, yeah, so we'll just they'd be they'd certainly be our centre of the universe now and into the two year olds. Hey, Graham Young that works with he's breaking a bunch of twos in and sort of some more to come and yeah, we'll just do them. We're usually uh, a bit of a probably a, a hobby that's developed for my wife and I in the last probably four or five years since we've been at Glen Innes and drafts. We usually do a fair few oh. this time of year. Oh, a fair few for us. Yep. Yeah, we usually do a few this time of year. Us, which is but yeah we, we won't get to do we won't do I think we won't do one or two maybe this this year and that's about it will they be with like put up like client horses or or you um, sort of your own personal yeah, ones or? yeah like, like the last couple of years I've had a I've had a couple of horses for clients that I've drafted but they they got sold last year through Landmark and um, oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah no, one of those horses was a, a Duro study made me look like I was doing a really good job so it was good he, oh yeah, yeah. That, that Darley double, double scotch. scotch yeah he was a nice horse yeah yeah, yeah. he is yeah. a nice horse yeah. yeah I always joke that you um, you've been cutting that you, you know, always need good horses they they make you look like you're doing a good job so yeah yeah. have you certainly found like um, you know that cutting foundation has been pretty um, beneficial to the camp drafters that you've ridden um, or oh, well, I mean I'd have to say yes because it's yeah. it's, it's the feel I like really yeah. Um, you know, is it is it the only way? No, I mean, I think if yeah, it's obviously there's a lot of really good camp draft horses that don't have a cutting foundation, mm. um, and there's obviously a lot of really good camp draft horses that have a cutting foundation. Mm. So for me personally, I'm obviously going to lean that way because it's what I do. So I'm going to say, I'm going to say yes. Yeah, for, for me. Yeah, yeah. yeah I I'd personally find it hard. Because it's the feel I'm used to. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's a really good point. Hmm. So, at home now, you've got um, the two year olds. You're saying, do you like? Are they all broken in at your place? Like from cl- from your clients? Like are they um, all broken in at your place and then go through that process at home, or is it sort of a bit mixed? It is a bit mixed. Yeah. We, yeah. We, certainly, we got a lot more with having you know Abe there. It's 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 kind of good to keep an in house, I suppose. And I, you know, so I get. Um, I don't see the breakers every day, but I see them most days, and it's it's kind of good to get a. I'll have a bit of a, a pretty good read on some of them before they, I even get to write before I even write them, mm. and it's good, you know. I'm, I'm I'm it's part of his deal. He sort of does the breaking in, part of it. He um, you know. So I, again, I, it's probably me paying it forward with what I you know with Aaron. Like Aaron was incredibly good. Yeah. At the, helping me not just with the horse training side, but the business side of things. So I've got, I kind of feel like I'm. Yeah, I get a huge you know, deal of satisfaction out of helping Abe, helping him. Do the same thing, the, yeah. You know, to do, and I think that's a big part of, well, it's a, it's a part for me anyway, is 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 helping, you know, paying it forward, because I was really lucky Fortunate, yeah. to have some people that have, you know, been, been incredibly generous with their time and um, and, and passing on that information, you know, even, even in the camp draft thing, you know, like, like a change we we did last year we did chinchilla and Warwick. Oh, right. I think that's the cool thing about the horse sport is, um, there's some people that are really generous with their time. Like I was just sitting at the camp at Chinchilla and um, it was kind of like starting the journey. It's probably the most nervous I've been, I reckon since for fifteen years. It was so much fun. It was such a rush and um, it was I was just my heart was beating out of my chest and I just felt like I was way out of my depth and really yeah, yeah it was good. I really enjoyed it. I loved I loved the. I love because I don't get nervous. Get nervous. It's just it's more of a controlled nerves at the cuttings. I don't really get. I don't know. It's it's hard, but yeah, like it was like rookie nervous at yeah uh, draft. No, and that's the part I enjoy about probably drafting is how nervous I do get. And um, I'm getting better at starting to slow down now. But yeah, Terry and 
Paul was really just generous with his time and give me some really, yeah, some really cool uh, information. And Bruce McNaught's been good too. Like every, yeah. I, rarely do I go to a draft and and him and he's not there and he gives me a bit of feedback and right. That's uh, good. I think that's a cool thing about the horse sport. If you're uh, if you're open to it, you can you can really learn a lot off your peers and people are generally pretty, you know, pretty uh, generous with their with their experience and their knowledge. That's uh, it's definitely good to hear that because I know like us, um, you know, not non-professionals out there listening are definitely, you know, don't think that the professionals ever get nervous or ever get worried about something. So it's definitely good to hear that you know that you're just human and, <laughs> yeah. and you know you you know you same as everyone else you've got to go through that process and yeah and um you know it's really good to comforting to hear yeah yeah <laughs> yes. it's good like i said it's, it's it's been good i mean i've done i've done lots of sports psychology stuff too look at you know it helped me with my cutting and it's been good to going to the drafting thing it's um yeah i kind of like i had to start again a bit you know i've obviously got a skill set that that, that crosses over to a degree but I've also had to learn lots of new stuff which has been really challenging and really cool yeah yeah so you mentioned this sports psychology like I mean in terms of being you'd have to be fairly mentally tough in, in the sport you do like um, I imagine there's plenty of highs and plenty of lows so trying to keep that you know even balance would be pretty uh, challenging wouldn't it yeah it is yeah, for sure I mean I um, certainly feel like I'm doing the best job of my career and um, even this year, generally, like I, um, I certainly haven't reached my expectations of what I hope to achieve with with my horses this year. I, you know, I look across the the group of horses; they're all really sound. They're uh, I've trained a really good group of horses, but I, I didn't re- I didn't certainly achieve personally what I was would have been happy with. Um, but, but I had a great prep. You know, I've really. Yeah, really good spot in my in, in my life mentally I'm in a good spot you know all those sorts of things and that's certainly part of the yeah and that's certainly part of um part of what we do you know and I think it's um yeah, you know it's, it's something to be mindful too like I'm a, I'm a parent now and I think it's great even just with my kids it's 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 good for them to see I think and you know and I, it's a bit hard to talk too much about them because they're they're only four and four, five and eight so it's, it's i think it'd be good lessons for them to learn in life sometimes you can work really hard and you can have a really good preparation and you know things tick all the boxes and it still doesn't go your way and, and you mm. can yeah and you sometimes you can life be chaos and have a bad preparation and go and do really well yeah but all you can do is consistently try and do the the best thing by yourself your horses and your clients One of the main reasons we started this podcast was to bring you guys as much information on the camp draft and cutting industry as we possibly can. If you're looking to improve yourself and your horse in the camp draft arena, be sure to check out Camp Draft Training online. Their team brings you guys all the latest tips from top camp draft trainers across Australia. Be sure to go to their website and subscribe at www.teamcto.com.au or find them on Facebook at Camp Draft Training Online. Well, Phil, at the Tamworth Futurity this year, you managed to make the Open Futurity final. Obviously, it's a high-pressure situation. Just tell us a bit how you approached it and the thought process you went through throughout your run. Oh, I just, I, I never, I never try and think about the result. Yeah, I never think about winning or losing or anything. I just try and think about doing my job, yeah. really, and controlling the things that I can control, and and just and the next step in front of me. Right. That's it. Hmm. 
that's it. I guess that's all you can control. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and that's um, and that's just probably and 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 I guess human nature to certainly make things a lot more complicated than they are. And it's I think it's certainly good to get into it and, and and break it down as much as you can. But then ultimately, when it comes to competing, you don't have time to be breaking things down too much. You know, it needs to be. It's simplistic, and that's what I try and probably that's how I try and train the horses. Yeah, and you know they just follow some steps, some really simple steps, and if they just have some simple procedures and and they just do whatever they need to do in that moment to to control the cow, which is what cutting is, and yeah. that's what I try and do too. I say the 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 people that win the most money aren't the people that do the most right. The people that do the least wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's interesting you say that. But um, we um, you were saying before that genetics are sort of getting better in Australia. Um, yeah. Sort of what, what sort of line uh, do you find that that you get along well with, or you know, or find um, that are doing well yeah, in the yeah. industry? Yeah, I just like good horses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, certainly the dam lines. I think are big. Right. Yeah. They're big. You know, like they're let's see, yeah, those good, good, yeah, good maternal lines are really important, and I think that's. Probably why the some of those a lot of that frozen semen stuff that we're getting right in the cutting world is having as big influence is not just because of them it's because of the you know we've got some really good quality mares that are performed or producing you know and are they imported mares or are they sort of Australian no, bred mares no, Australian bred mares yeah 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 no definitely so yeah, obviously Doc Spinifex had a massive influence on our industry and. Yeah, I think you'd be doing well to find there wouldn't be too many horses that wouldn't have that on their bottom side yeah. that are that are pretty, you know, that it's a pretty dominant maternal line. There's pretty a lot of them. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, you had you've had some pretty good horses recently, like um, you know, shines like Metallic and Becky Smirata. Yep. You know, they've been pretty successful horses in the show ring. Yeah. How did you come about those two? Uh, Linda, um, uh, Belinda, sorry, bought. Uh, shiny off off uh, Pete Shakespeare and just spoke to me the week after Futurity and it, that was pretty yeah, that was a pretty uh, easy kind of get to get on to hit him and um, and Steve Smith started him out at, broke him in yep out at Gundy and then I've had him ever since so uh, Blender's been great like she really trusted me with the process yep um, yeah Blender and Frosty have been really good like that horse has been he was really textbook too. He was just really yeah. He just he was just a good horse from the start. He was always very very feely, very cowy. He's smart and he just um, yeah. Like I said he was very uncomplicated. Always always said the hardest part with us, you know, with studs, with those colts is that three year old year and they collected him as a two year old and I was I was really interested. I was like oh no, might be opening Pandora's box here. But he was great. He's been really really uncomplicated. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, he's definitely made his mark in the show ring, that's for sure. Yeah, no, just desire. Yeah. Cares, you know. Like I can't make a horse care like that. Yeah. I like to be say it's all me, but I was just lucky enough to get to ride him, you know, he, that desire is, is there. I was just fortunate enough to get the horse, really. And so if you were to say like what makes a good horse and a great horse, would you say that desire? Yeah, desire, yeah. I mean and Becky's the same. You know, like those horses, like they just have a have a knack of I don't know. Like, like what makes a great athlete a great athlete a great football player a great football player they just step up on big occasions mm. you know and that's that's probably indicative all, all of like the futurity horses I've got for next year they're all physically gifted enough to be where they are they've all got enough cow they're all doing well you know and so I've got eight I won't have eight good futurity horses the week after the futurity next year 
Yeah. I'll probably have two. Yeah. Yeah. If, or three, if I'm lucky. <laughs> like, yeah. really, all four, you know, like, it, it, who knows? Like, they're, but they're, I was talking to Dean Holden down in Victoria and we are talking about, you know, good futurity horses. So, yeah, I said, it's funny. I said, everyone's got heaps of good futurity horses for next year. I said, but there's about half a dozen by the end. <laughs> everyone's got about half a dozen by the second weekend in June because, you know, they're, they're, they're like, I guess I always try and, I always try and use the comparison to, you know, like, imagine what the Broncos have got signed, 18 year old young blokes. They're, who knows? They're probably 50, 60, 100, who knows? Um, but how many are going to play first grade? Mm. They're, how many are going to play Origin? How many are going to play for Australia? You know, they're all physically gifted enough to be there and they're good enough to be there. But how many are going to, how many will be good enough? You know, what makes those big moment players good what they are? And it's made for the horses. What makes those big moments? Like what makes Pete Comiskey so bloody dominant at cam drafting? He's just a big moment person. Like it's, it's, there's lots of people out there with as much ability as him and he just makes a good choice as a big moment. And I think that's probably the same with horses. Yeah. Know? Well, it's interesting to say because I guess like, you know, as a kid growing up, we sort of choose that line, like, we're going to be, like, you know, I'm going to be a good football player, and you can put all your energy into that. But I guess a horse, in a sense, he doesn't get the choice, but it's, you know, those horses that do make that choice, I guess, saying, you know, yes, I have the desire, yeah. I want to be good, and I really care about it. Those are the ones that sort of step up, would you say? Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, no, definitely. It's, um, yeah, just desire. Yeah. Desire, and then, yeah, and I think the good horses ultimately... To what we just spoke about, they just they just make a good choice. You know, that, Be- that Becky in particular is, um, and I had another mare called Metallic Moon yep. that Kylie Graham owns, and, and she's now drafting. And yeah, um, you know, those two horses, they probably had a sense of composure about them, you know, which is again, I'd like to be able to take all the all the accolades for for, for teaching them that, but they. You know, those horses have taught me lots in that regard. They've just, you know, their desire, they're they're efficient, they're athletic, and they just have a sense of composure about them. That's like, yeah, a lot of I, you can't you can't teach. Yeah, I I sort of understand. Like when you when you come across those great horses, they sort of have that you know feeling when you get up and next them that they are professional and they sort of they're a bit of a competitor when you like you know they have that presence about them. Even yeah. when you're just standing next to them. Yeah, I definitely find that. Yeah, no, no, for sure. But no, it's been, I mean, yeah, it's been sort of like Prestige Cat, Destiny's Mr. Chick, they were all, yep. you know, they're, 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 and, you know, Shines, like Tatler, they're really, like, they, those sort of horses, like, they're just, I don't know, I don't know they desire to be good horses, mm. you know, and they, and they ultimately, I think they, 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 you feel that confidence when you compete on those horses, they kind of just, they make you feel like you're doing a good job. Yeah, okay, that's good. Mm. And we touch on, do you breed many at home? We do, yeah. How what are you what are your mares and who are you breeding? Uh, well, we we bought a mare a couple of years ago, um, hot red Octomare. It's out of Spins Request, yeah, and we bred her to Shiny last year. So right, um, so that's on the way this year. Yeah, it's on the way this year, and we got a little Seligman mare off a, a good mate of mine, Brad Kamiski, up in Central Queensland. So she was having trouble with big heads, so she lives at Glen Innes now. Yeah. Um, there's no buffalo grass in Glen. There's not much grass at all, actually. So, <laughs> but yeah, no, we got a Conray. For, we actually bred to a. Oh yeah. Bred to Conray. Yeah. Of Cody Laws. Yeah. Yeah. Cody Nats. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh well, that's. So be we'll uh, we'll we'll endeavour to to have a go at training her for the futurity and. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Oh, so, that, he'll be certainly happy to hear that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it'll be good. It'll be good to um, 
Yeah, good to have a go. Anyway, I really, yeah, really, I think there's certainly from what I've seen in the drafting, there'd be individuals out there that'd be that would be able to do the cutting thing. Actually, I was going to say that ask that. Um, you definitely think there's camp draft size out there that would be that would make potential cutting sort of you know cross into that cutting line. Yeah, I'd, I'd, yeah, I'd have they'd have to. Yeah, they'd have to. I mean, they just would have to. I mean, my only um, my biggest probably observation from riding stock horses over the years compared to the quarter horses is is purely the um, you know the the maturity level. Yep. You know, like and and those quarter horses and not all quarter horses we get to ride. Plenty that that aren't, yeah. but from I think the stock horses, from my experience, generally probably don't retain the training as two-year-olds, yeah, as much. They're mentally just not as mature, yeah. You know they, um, yeah. But that's you know we we trained uh, at one more Playboy girl a couple of years ago out of a reflect man out of a stock horse man and really? my wife followed him at the non-profituity and he did it really easy. Like I said, it'd be. It's, it's, yeah, and Todd's got a really good metallic colt this year. Yeah, the Conman mare out of that spi- uh, yeah, yeah. spinner cut, isn't yep. it? Yeah. yeah, so there's individuals out there that definitely have it. Yeah. yeah, so it's like they seem like they all can cut, but some just do it better. Yes, yeah, <laughs> it seems to be. Yeah, was no even the draft. Tommy Williams said years ago, said, oh, you know, someone said, Oh, do you draft? They all draft, just they're not all good at it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's certainly mm. spot on, that's for sure. So then you got next year, you sort of. Gonna take a couple to landmark his name, maybe. Yeah, we got two two entered. If yep. um, all yeah, goes well. <laughs> yeah, all goes well. So, but no, it's it's yeah, it's probably a big part of. Yeah, I think that that that, that the industry that um, concept around landmark's been such a good thing for the horse industry, cutting and camp drafting. It's yep. just it's become quite the beast, hasn't it? Really, it's yeah. yeah. Then, uh, it's uh, it's unreal. It's yeah, and it's a good place to go and be part of. I mean, even just socially, it's good fun to go down there for a week and yeah we've got a couple of horses we, how we, well, part of the reason we bred the Conray filly too was ultimately to train her and stuff but was to gearing her to you know to the landmark thing too I think it's become a, a part of everyone's business yeah it's provided a good marketplace to set, breed and then train and sell a horse there hasn't it yeah and absolutely instead of just you know sort of looking private I guess you've got that really you know you I, I know a lot of people just breed to sell at landmark yep and I guess that's, um, you know, fairly helpful nowadays. You know? mm. So that's really good. Well, um, that, that's going to about do it for us, Phil. But um, thank you very much for coming down here and, you know, giving us your thoughts. And uh, we really appreciate your time. Oh, well, good luck with your, with your new venture. I, so I love love these podcasts and they're great when you're driving. It's just cool hearing people's stories and, yeah, yeah hope you enjoyed mine. <laughs> no, we certainly <laughs> have. Thanks, right. Phil. All right. Bloody good. Well, we'd just like to thank Phil again for his time that he sat down with us. It was really good. I really enjoyed that interview with him and I thought I definitely got a lot out of it hearing about his story and, you know, what he thinks about different kinds of horses and whatnot. Um, Again, at every interview, we're just going to do a few little, three little takeaways from each interview and, you know, what I sort of got out of it. And I guess the first one with Phil was, you know, really back yourself. I feel like, you know, Phil, like a lot of trainers, has been through the process of trying to make it and you know he thought he wasn't good enough and you know through hard work and taking advantage of good opportunities I guess he you know he's succeeded and became the great trainer that he is today 
Uh, my second little takeaway was he definitely highlighted the idea of great horses really having that desire to do their job. I feel like this is so important in those big moments and you know that's what we're all chasing whether you're in the cutting camp draft or cow horse sports. My third little takeaway from Phil's interview which I thought was really cool was how he managed to bridge the gap between the cutting and camp draft industry. Phil's obviously a very good cutting competitor but also dabbles every now and then in the camp draft sports and you know has proved to be pretty successful at that as well. He also touched on how you know the breeding lines are definitely going to cross over so we um, definitely thought that was a really cool part about the interview. Well thank you for everyone for tuning in to the third episode of the 90 or Nothing podcast show. We'd love to hear from you. Message us on Facebook or Instagram or email us at admin at 90ornothing.com. We'd love to hear where you're listening from. Are you driving to work? Are you waking up? Are you going to sleep? Or maybe you're shoeing your horse. It doesn't matter. We'd love to hear. This episode was proudly brought to you by Camp Draft Training Online, and we'll see you next week.